right. Well, listen, uh, next Sunday night uh, at 6 o'clock, right here, this very same place, we're going to have a night of worship. So um, if you guys can make it out, it's going to be a great time of just worshiping the Lord. Just We're going to worship and just uh, usher in the presence of God and just thank Him for all that He's doing. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope you guys can make it as well. So um, in last week, I read out of Revelation chapter 5. And, and um, it's part of the, the message. And we talked about how in that passage, if you uh, haven't had a chance to read that for yourself, I encourage you to read Revelation chapter 5. There's this moment where John gets very sad because he says there's no one to open the scroll. And this angel comes and says, don't be afraid. The lion has got the victory. And so then he looks to see where the lion is, and he sees a lamb. And he says it looks like a a lamb that has been slain. And both of those pictures, the lion and the lamb, are Jesus. And so we know that in Scripture and through the Gospels, we see both of those things being alive in Jesus. So he's he's the, the lamb who rides into town on a donkey very humbly, but he's the lion that then goes into the temple and turns over the tables and no one's able to withstand him because he's so powerful. We know that he's the lion who's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but he's the lamb who washes feet. He's sovereign and he's a servant. And he's all sufficient. Yes, at, at the same time, he says, I can't do anything unless the father tells me to do it. So he's totally dependent on his father. And so we're just looking at this lamb as going through the last few chapters of the book of John as we're marching towards um, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection. And we're going to be going right through Easter with this. And I, I just thought it was interesting. I don't know if this means anything, but I just... We're, we're talking about the, the lamb in March. And what's the old saying about March? If it comes in like a lion, it comes out like a lamb and vice versa. It's just, just, just interesting, whatever. So, um, but you know, and so we read through these things that really isn't Jesus wanting us to be the same way? Have a lion in us and be a lamb at the same time. Be powerful against the forces of, of evil and, and stand up for injustice and, and, and stand up for what is right, but at the same time be a servant and wash people's feet and love people and be humble and walk in humility. And so today I'm going to read out of John chapter 14. Last week was 13. I'm going to read the, the whole chapter of John chapter 14 and, and then, we will, um, then we'll talk about it. So he says, it begins with, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had already known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. 
And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does this work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord... Why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father who is greater than I am. I've told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the rule of the world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. And so the big idea this morning is this, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so I want to I start by just drawing attention before we get into the way, the truth, and the life, that multiple times through this passage, and this is what's called Jesus' final discourse. This is the, he's, this is the, the night that he's washed the disciples' feet. He knows he's getting ready to go into the hands of the Roman soldiers and the synagogue and all those things. He knows what's about to happen. And so over these next few chapters, he's telling his disciples this final sermon, if you would, these final instructions, final things he wants them to know. 
And, and so he, he's going through this. And, and in this passage, in just chapter 14, multiple times he tells us that we have to obey him. In verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps is, is the one who loves me. Verse 23, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And I just want to say this as we, as, before we get into this. It's really impossible. What Jesus is saying, it's impossible to love me and not love my word. You can't love me and, and have disregard for my commandments and my word. You, you, if, you, if you say, well, I love Jesus, but all the things you taught, I'm not going to do those things because I don't have any respect for those or I don't think those are valid anymore. He's saying, you can't really love me. If you love me, you'll love my commandments. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so we, we live in a, a world right now that tries to teach that we can get to Jesus or we can be, a, you know, we can love Jesus and not, not follow his word. And Jesus makes it very clear here, guys, if you, want to love, if you really love me, you're going to keep my commandments. If you really love me, you're going to try to obey me. If you really love me, you're going to know what my word says and you're going to try to live your life that way, right? And so Jesus makes this plain over and over. And then, so he says he's the way, the truth, and the life. So let's talk about him being the way. One, he's the way to overcome anxiety. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me. And so he says right here, the way that you get over anxiety and fear and, and nervousness and the dread of life that comes to probably to most of us many times a week is have this trust in God, have this belief in God. Because if we know that he is really God and he's really in control and he's really on our side and he's really for us, then no matter really what we're facing, we can always have this peace about us we can have this confidence about us God's got this I may not have it I may not be feeling very confident right now right now I may be much more of a lamb than a lion but Jesus has this under control and when we have trust in him see when we really get over into worry and fear and dread and listen I, I know that that many of us deal with a lot of different things but when we really get over into total fear and dread what we're saying is I have no control. Nobody has any control. Life has control over me. And I can't do anything about it. But when we get to a place say, you know what? I can't do anything about it, but Jesus can. My God is in control of all things. And so he's the way to overcome anxiety. He's also the way to the Father. And he says in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so here's the thing about that. None of us are getting to heaven. None of us are getting to the Father any other way but through Jesus. We can't go around Him. We can't avoid Him. We can't dismiss Him. We can't pretend like He's not there. And again, the world is trying to teach that everybody goes to heaven. Man, everybody's going to end up there. Don't worry about it. You're going to, everybody's going to go there. No matter what, everybody's getting... And Jesus says, that's not the way it is, guys. You're going to have to go through me. You're going to have to deal with me. You're going to have to make a decision about who I am, and not only who I am, but who I am in your life. And are you going to make me the Lord and Savior of your life, or are you just going to believe in me as an ancient figure who was a great teacher and a great prophet, and then hope that your good works are going to get you in there, because your good works will never get you there. And so all of us have to deal with Jesus. We have to go through him 
to get to the Father. We, we can't sidestep him. We can't say, you know what, I'll deal with Jesus later and I'll just be a good person. No, we're going to have to decide. And if you haven't made that decision today that Jesus is the Lord and Savior, what you have basically done, today you have made a decision that no, he's not. It can't be a, well, I'll make him later. It's either yes, he is or no, he's not. And we have to make that decision that he's going to be the Lord of our life. He's going to be the Messiah of my life if we're going to make it to heaven. He's also the way to, the know, to know the Father. And he says, if you'd really know me, you would know my Father. And so up until this time, you could imagine for thousands of years, people wanted to know God. Moses knew him face to face, but everybody else sort of knew him from afar. And here Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the way to know the Father. If you really want to know the, the Father's heart, if you want to know who God is, you want to know him, you got to know me. But if you know me... You know my Father. And so when you ask me to come into your life, not only do I come into your life, but the Father comes in. And you can get to know the Father and not just me. And so Jesus is the way to know the Father. He's also the way to greater things. Isn't this an incredible scripture? He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes me will do the same works I've done and even greater things. That's one of those things that's really hard for me to really grasp. Because Jesus raised people from the dead. He healed the sick. He, he walked on water. He did some amazing things, turned water into wine. I mean, he was just, everywhere he went, there was these miracles and these powerful things. And Jesus says this, I'm the way that you can do even greater things than me. Because I'm going to be the Father. Because I'm willing to take your punishment. Because I'm willing to go to the cross. And take what you deserve on me. Because I'm willing to go to the cross and take all the sins of the world on me. I'm able to go to the Father then. And when I go to the Father, I'm going to enable you to do greater things than me. And so when we have this relationship with Jesus, I believe that we ought to just live our life expecting those things. We ought to be expecting that there's going to be greater things. And I, I'm not trying to be prideful about it because this is a very humbling scripture to me. But I think if we expect anything less, if we believe that that's not possible, then we're doubting the words of Jesus who told us that because he's going to be with the Father that we're going to be able to do greater things than him. And however you want to frame that, whether it's in greater scope or greater measure or greater things, Jesus said it, not me. And I believe that as the church today, we need to be believing that and looking for great things to come from us rather than settling for the lie of the devil that says you're just going to have to settle in and just ride this thing out just till, till Jesus comes. And so Jesus is telling us that I'm the way that you can do greater things. And so we need to be believing that. We need to be believing that and living that in our life. And then he also says, not only am I the way, I'm the truth. And man, there's so much... So much right now about what is truth. And the truth of Jesus Christ is being questioned. The truth of the word is being questioned. And Jesus just says this, you want to know what the truth is? Know me. You want to know what real truth is? Listen to what I say. Don't listen to what the, the culture says, what everyone's saying. And so he says also in John chapter 14, 15 there, if you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Some people call it the comforter, helper, counselor, paraclete, and he will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who will lead you into all truth. And so what he's saying is, because I'm going to be with the Father, 
I am going to send you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come and lead you into all truth. And the Bible tells us that he will remind us of everything that Jesus has taught us. And so we're, we're wondering what is truth. We have the Holy Spirit then to come in and say, this is truth. This is what Jesus taught. He can bring to our remembrance. I don't know if you ever had instances like that when all of a sudden you remember a scripture that you know you knew. I've had that. I mean, sometimes there'll be a scripture come to me and I'm like, I don't remember memorizing that, but I must have. It, it had to be in me for the Holy Spirit to bring it back up. But the Holy Spirit can just begin to bring what truth is. And many times, aren't we faced with decisions like, what is real here? What's the right answer? Is what I'm feeling real? What I'm, is what I'm seeing truth? Is what I'm hearing truth? Because I think we're faced with things all the time in our life that are decisions about how should I respond to this? Which way should I go? And Jesus makes this great promise that he's the truth and he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And he has sent the Holy Spirit. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can just begin to pray in the Spirit. And we can begin to ask the Holy Spirit, what is truth here? What is truth? What is the right answer here? And the Bible says that there will be a time when we can just say, Holy Spirit, what's the right answer? When we hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, go in it. And he can lead us into truth. And so I think if we just continue to, to trust that Jesus is the truth, that he, he is the one that, that has truth, who is truth, and his Holy Spirit can give us truth, then regardless of what the world says, the church ought to be the place that knows what truth is. And those of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit, those of us who have Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit living in us ought to be able to know what truth is. And when we're not sure, he's given us the word and he's given his spirit. And then he also says he's the life. And I love this in verses 18, 19. He says, now I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also live. And the reason that we can have life is because Jesus lived. Now, I'm not talking about breathing. And that's true, too, because the Bible tells us that we're only alive because Jesus is the one who gives us breath. But I'm talking about having an abundant life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says that he came to give us a life more abundantly. Not just making it through life. Not just existing, but having an abundant life, having a life that's real. And we can have that life because Jesus lives. And when he lives in us, we can have an abundant life, right? And he promises, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Can you imagine how those disciples must have felt knowing that Jesus was getting ready to leave them? And I don't think at this point in time they really completely understood it yet. But he'd been trying to tell them now for weeks and months, there's going to be a day when I'm going to leave you. And he says, but I'm not going to leave you. I'm not just going to spend three years with you and say, guys, there it was. I'll see you later. I'll see you when you die. I'll see you in heaven. He says, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit so that you always have me with you. And I just want to remind you that every time you feel alone, if you're a born-again believer, every time you feel alone, you're not alone. Every time you feel like you're the only one going through something, you're not alone. Every time you feel abandoned, you feel mistreated, you're not alone. Jesus promised, I will not leave you like an orphan. I won't leave you to make it through this life on your own. I'm going to be with you through my Holy Spirit. I'm going to be with you. 
And so he promises this, that he will not leave us like orphans. And because Jesus would continue to live, we can live life to the fullest. And I love this, this promise he makes in verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So I just want you to notice a couple of things about this, this one promise here. He says, my peace I give to you. So the peace that he's promised us was the peace he had when he was on the earth. And I don't believe there's ever been a person who has been more at peace than Jesus. He was able to take on the Pharisees who were always after him. He was able to take on all the, the religious leaders who questioned him. He was able to walk through periods of time when they tried to stone him and when they were angry at him and they would not want him in their town and all those things. And Jesus just walked in peace. How was he able to do that? Because he knew who he was. He knew his father was. And when we can know who we are in Christ... And we know who he is. He says, I'll give you not just peace. I'll give you my peace. I'll give you the peace that I have. And then it says that he's the one who gives it. He's the giver of it. He says, my peace, I give to you. And so listen, if we're looking for peace in any other place in the world, it's not going to be his peace. And there's a lot of places we can look for peace. We can look for peace in those things that medicate us. Drugs, alcohol, spending, sex, entertainment, food, all those things that sort of medicate us. We can look for peace in those things. If I can just make more money, I'll have more peace. Or if I can just meet the right person, I'll have more peace. Or if I can live in the right neighborhood or drive the right car, I have more peace. Or if I can just retire, I'll have more peace. Or I can get a job, I'll have more peace. Or whatever it is where you're in life. But here's the thing. That we're never going to have the peace that Jesus has promised if we look for it in any place other than him. But if we're constantly pursuing him, constantly pursuing Jesus, he says, my peace I'll give to you. And then he makes it very plain. It's not the same peace that the world gives. And again, if we're looking for peace from this world, it's always going to fall short. It'll be temporary at best. It'll give you a moment of, of calm or give you a moment of peace or give you a moment of satisfaction. You may even get a day or two out of it, but it, we know how all that stuff is fleeting. Everything that we pursue in this world, when we get it, feels good for a moment or a day or two, and then we're just left flat again. And so Jesus has promised us this. I'm going to be with the Father. I'm going away. I'm going to go to the Father. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and this Holy Spirit is going to enable you to know what truth is. The Holy Spirit's going to enable you to have the answers you need. The Holy Spirit's going to be able to give you peace like you've never experienced before. And it's not peace that, that the world can give, but it's my peace. It's my peace. Man, don't we need that? Man, aren't we? I mean, peace is one of the best gifts that God could ever give you. If you can lay your head down at night. And have peace. If you can wake up in the morning and have peace. If you can go through your day and all the craziness of the world. And you still got peace about you because the Holy Spirit's in you. And because you know Jesus and the, whole, and the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit alive in you. Man, that's, that's one of the best gifts God can ever give you. Right? Because this world is constantly trying to rob us of our peace. And he says, I'm going to give you peace. So just as Jesus is many things. 
We have to be totally dependent on him for everything and still walk in obedience. What Jesus is saying in, in chapter 14 is, guys, I'm, I'm going I'm to do this work for you. I'm going to go be the, with the Father. And only he at that moment knew what it would take to get from where he was to the Father. It meant he had to go through beatings. He had to go through torture. He had to go through the cross. He had to go through all that because he loved us. But he's making these great promises. Guys, because I'm going to do this, you're going to do greater things than me. Because I'm going to do this, you can have peace that the world doesn't understand. Because I'm going to do this, you can know what truth is. Because I'm going to do this, you can get to the Father. You can get to heaven. Because I'm going to do this, you don't have to have worry and anxiety and dread every moment of your life. Because I'm going to do this, you can have the Holy Spirit move inside of you. You can have the Father move inside of you. I'll move inside of you. We'll live with you. We'll go through life with you. We'll walk through life with you. And so Jesus is just giving us these great promises. And he's saying, guys, what you need to do here is all you got to do. Stay close to me. Obey my word. Stay close to me. Keep pursuing me. And I want to give you every one of these promises. And there's some good promises. Amen. All right, would you stand with me?